coming up this week, will NASCAR be going electric? Honda commits to an all-EV future. The EPA range for the Ford Mach-E GT and GT Performance has been announced, and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 70 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and make sure you click the bell for notifications. If you're listening to this on your podcast app, make sure you subscribe there too. I can see all of the data and it looks like about 70% of you who are either watching this on YouTube or listening uh, actually don't subscribe. So make sure you hit that so then week after week you'll get notified of the next episode. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto & Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. So the first news story I have for you this week is about the last racing series I ever expected to talk about on this podcast. And honestly, I'm not very confident in the story, but it's intriguing to think about it. NASCAR, the North American stock car series with its roots in hot-rodded bootlegger cars, and arguably one of the pillars of American culture, along with guns and God and the American flag, is considering a new racing series that doesn't include the loud roar of its V8 engines. According to a report by Adam Stern of Sport Business Journal, NASCAR is exploring the concept of starting an all-electric racing series in the coming years. This all-electric series, should it come into existence, would operate as a companion to the NASCAR Cup Series. In a recent conversation with CBS Sports, Cup Series star Brad Kozlowski stated that he believed there was merit to the introduction of different power models despite the internal combustion engine remaining an integral and necessary part of automotive technology. Quote, there's still a lot of people that need your traditional gas engine, your traditional internal combustion engine, he said. I would have to think that we're going to see that in NASCAR over the next decade or two, we'll start to see hybrids. We'll have a 550 horsepower engine with some kind of power recovery unit or hybrid system to take advantage of its full capabilities at more limited times, end quote. And exploring alternatives to the V8 engine isn't foreign to NASCAR. In the past, they have sanctioned racing series that take advantage of alternative automotive technologies. The old NASCAR Goodies Dash series, for example, used four-cylinder and V6 motors in place of the V8 engine. But will we see an all-electric NASCAR vehicle anytime soon? I seriously doubt it. The cultural disconnect between NASCAR fans and EV enthusiasts couldn't be larger. But for us EV folks who are also racing enthusiasts, maybe we'll get a North American Touring Car Championship. Who knows? There is a lot that the future of electric racing could bring. Next, in addition to October being noteworthy because of the EV Resource Electric Festival at Dominion Raceway, and sorry, I couldn't resist the opportunity to plug the event there, October will also see the first curbside EV chargers operational in New York City. The city is reportedly looking to address its lack of EV charging infrastructure by launching its first curbside charging stations in October. 
According to the Wall Street Journal, the Department of Transportation will install 100 level 2 charging ports for public use and 20 for the city's fleet, which will provide an 80% charge in 4 to 8 hours. They'll reportedly cost $2.50 per hour during the day and $1 an hour overnight. And I don't know about New York City, but at least here in Richmond, Virginia, that would be quite expensive for just level two charging. And are you paying as long as you're plugged in or are you paying only while you're charging? Those are questions that uh, I didn't have answers for in any of the research I was doing on this story. Because if it only takes four hours to charge your car, but you're plugged in for eight or maybe 10, are you going to be paying $10? for four hours of charging, uh, it's an interesting thought and I would love to know more about it. The extra 120 charging ports mark an approximate 8% increase on top of the current number of chargers spread across the city. These include 1400 level two charging plugs and 117 fast chargers. The problem with the current charging is that most of the ports are located inside parking garages and not on the street side. These new 100 public charging posts will be street side available for public use and should make charging a little bit easier. That isn't to say it's going to solve the problem in New York City because 15,000 EVs are currently registered. So there are still a lot of charging needs to be satisfied. Next, Honda has joined the majority of automakers by finally announcing the end to its internal combustion engine vehicles. Honda Motor Company has become the first of Japan's automakers to state publicly it will phase out sales of gasoline-powered vehicles completely, setting 2040 as the goal and giving newly minted Chief Executive Officer Toshihiro Mibe a once-in-a-career chance to put his stamp on a firm that can trace its lineage back 84 years. Honda, which has been around for 84 years, it gets about 56% of its revenue from North America and about one quarter from Asia, example, Japan. They've already begun aligning themselves with powerful car makers overseas, last year striking a pact to use GM's battery technology, the Ultium batteries, for vehicles here in North America. Critics of Honda's strategy wonder whether the goal is realistic. Bigger players like Ford Motor Company aren't expecting to be 100% carbon neutral until 2050. And Toyota, of all, the one of the bigger automakers in the world, they are saying that hybrids will play a much more important role. So realistic or not, Honda's signaling for an all-electric future is very much in stark contrast to Toyota, who have said that currently they feel it's too soon to be committing to 100% electric vehicles at any time in the future. Audi also made news this week with an announcement to stop manufacturing diesel and petrol cars by 2033. Starting in 2026, Audi plans to only launch all new electric car models while gradually phasing out the production of internal combustion engines until 2023. So, it doesn't say that they're going to stop making petrol and diesel cars between 2026 and 2033 because they're going to have existing models they're still going to manufacture and support. They're just not going to invest any more money into creating new ones. And Audi this year is already launching more new electric vehicles than diesel or petrol models. And by 2025, the brand aims to have more than 20 electric models in its lineup. Audi parent company Volkswagen announced an electric offensive earlier this year, saying it would spend 
46 billion euro over the next five years to dominate the global electric car market. The 12 brand group has vowed to set up six battery factories in Europe by the end of the decade as a part of the push, hoping to reduce reliance on Asian battery suppliers. Next, the EPA range estimates for the Ford Mach-E GT and GT Performance are in, and the results are looking pretty good. The EPA estimates the range of the GT at 270 miles, while the GT Performance Edition, which has an extra 34 pound-feet of torque for a total of 634 pound-feet, will go 260 miles on a charge. And the GT and GT Performance Editions are only available with the extended range 88 kilowatt hour battery pack and both have two electric motors one on each axle providing all-wheel drive now these estimates are on the higher end among Mach-E trim levels with the GT's 270 miles matching the range of the premium all-wheel drive version with the extended range battery pack and although the sporty Mach-E models can't compete with the 305 mile range of the California Route 1 trim which uses only a rear-wheel drive setup both the GT and Performance Edition can travel significantly further than any trim level that's equipped with the standard range battery, which is 68 kilowatt hours. Those are only good for 211 miles of range with the all-wheel drive and 230 miles with rear-wheel drive. And if you ask me, and I know you didn't, but I'm going to tell you anyway, most EVs should probably aim for between 250 and 350 miles of range. We don't really need more than that, and or at least most people don't, and having less than that, I think, would probably slow down the adoption of EVs. So that 250 to 350 range is really the sweet spot. So with that, I'm thrilled that this sporty lineup for the Mach-E has been rated so well. Now the downside, as always, with any vehicle that is marketed towards being sporty or performance, at least with EVs, you have to choose between driving enthusiastically and driving a far distance. But hey, as soon as we get faster charging, that won't matter at all then, will it? And if you choose to drive like the testing in the last news story I have for you this week, you will assuredly not get anywhere close to current EPA estimates for <laughs> for this vehicle, and that's okay. The YouTube channel Automon TV took the new Volkswagen ID4 GTX, that's the one that has more power, it's 300 horsepower, 299, uh, 300, we'll call it 300, uh, and it's all-wheel drive, so it has uh, the rear-wheel drive motor and the front as well. Uh, so they took this out for some acceleration tests on some side roads and as well as the Autobahn in Germany. So let's pop over to the their YouTube video couple clips and see some of the action. Oh yes, that was a 6.2 seconds, even 0.2% uphill. So correct the time also 6.2. So that means yeah, it meets the claim numbers of the factory at 84% state of charge. Yep, that's 180. I think the interesting part also is that the car is of course very stable at its top speed. Um, there is some wind picking up, but it's also windy outside today. And nevertheless, um, I think a quite comfortable ride also at top speed. 
So that's all I have for you with the news this week. Lots of great fun in EVs. And that brings us, well, into the Q&A. And I have been asking you all, what is the most fun experience you've had in your EV? And I'll be honest, I need more answers. I'm not going to reveal them yet. So let me know. Send me a message on social media or email to hello at ev-resource.com and tell me all about it. And for me personally, the most fun that I have in my Chevy Spark EV is when I'm at the track. I have found a new home for fun at Dominion Raceway, and that's in the heart of Virginia, just off of I-95. It's super convenient, honestly. Uh, it's about 45 minutes north of Richmond, an hour south of D.C., and if you haven't seen it already, check out the hot lap video in the Spark EV that I did. This one was in the rain. The track was very, very wet, but I'm planning on going back up there on July 6th with a new set of Koenig dial-in wheels. They're only 11 pounds. They're super lightweight. You can just pick it up with one hand. Uh, and Toyo Proxy's R88R tires. So I should improve my track time very significantly. In fact, I've been having so much fun with my car at the track that I want to test all EVs at Dominion Raceway and have a hot lap series going, kind of like how Top Gear has their test track and they run all these different cars around it. I want to kind of do the same thing with EVs. So with that, if you live in the mid-Atlantic region and you want to come have some fun with me, let me know and we'll test your car on the track to see what it can do. Uh, Specifically, I'd love, of course, to get all Teslas, Model 3, Model X. Well, I guess I should do it in order, shouldn't I? Model S, Model 3, Model X, and Model Y. I want to test all of those. Uh, I want to test the Hyundai Ioniq and the Kona, the Mach-E uh, Ford, all of them. No EV. I don't want to leave them out. Even the Mini Cooper SE, uh, the Smart EV, um, even the Pikmin pickup truck, which is a low-speed vehicle. If you don't know about it, go check out Pikmin uh, EV pickup. Uh, they're really cool looking, and uh, so I want to test that on the track too. Or if you don't want to lend me your car and you just want to run around the track yourself, you can come out on October 3rd for the EV Resource Fall Festival celebrating National Drive Electric Week. We're going to have the entire Dominion Raceway to ourselves. Live music, food, fun, track time on the two-mile course, the road course, uh, eighth-mile no-prep drag strip. Heather Marie, Miss Virginia 2021, will be making an appearance, and so much more. It is really going to be a great time. Let's see, what else do I need to mention? Oh, of course, the July issue of the EV Resource Magazine. It will be coming out this week, and big news, now it is free. It's no longer a dollar. For whatever reason, a dollar was holding people back. So now it's free. If you want to have a copy, uh, what I'm doing right now, I can email you the PDF file. Uh, I haven't quite figured out a better way to distribute it yet. I'm sure I'll figure something out. But uh, for the time being, just send me an email to hello at ev-resource.com and I'll send you a copy later this week when it's ready. So that is it for this week. Thank you all for watching and listening. Please share this with your friends and anybody you know that's interested in electric vehicles. Uh, big shout out to our Patreon executive producers, Rajiv Narayan and Greg Fuller, and James Hart as well. He supports us at the producer level. If you would like to support my efforts with EV Resource, uh, with the podcast, magazine, events, anything, uh, just check it out. You can uh, It's patreon.com slash evresource. Completely optional. You don't need to. Um, but certainly any contribution that you guys would choose to 
uh, be so gracious to do or so willing to do, uh, I would be very grateful for that. I do invite your feedback on the podcast via email. I've already mentioned the email a couple times. Feel free to leave a comment on the YouTube video and don't forget to subscribe once again so that you'll get all of the future shows delivered to you automatically or you'll be notified. It'll pop up and you'll see, oh, Zach put out a new video. Um, if you want to listen to any of the previous podcasts, you can go to the webpage under the podcast section. They're all listed there. You can listen to every single one of them. And uh, yeah, so that's it. So thank you so much and I'll catch you next week.